it was sitting and doing the work over these last few years on learning how to accept things how they are and let go of the things that I can't control and understand that all I can do is the best I can with what I have instead of being angry about my circumstance. Implementing all of these lessons into my day-to-day on the regular is what empowered me to get through the New York City Marathon on Sunday. Hard stop, period wasting my energy in these miles on the things that I could not change was not going to serve me. And if there's one thing you take from this recap, I hope that it is that you too can harness your own power to go after what you want. And sometimes the outcome may not be as you envisioned, but no matter what the journey is, you have the opportunity to learn from it. Hey everyone, Emily Avadi here coming to you live from the AG studio. You are listening to another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle. Today's episode one, I know you have been anxiously waiting for (laughs) my New York City Marathon recap. Obviously, if you can't tell by how wonderful my voice sounds right now, I, I definitely had myself a fun time both on the course and after running the course, but I am happy that I've finally had some time now. I'm recording this on Tuesday. Marathon was on Sunday to uh, to think about what happened out there and to reflect on how it has all gone for me. Not just the marathon, of course, and I think that's important to reiterate, is that Sunday was you know, the culmination of, I guess, this year, you know, almost 20 weeks of training with an injury smack dab toward the end of it. Uh, But also, of course, my journey with running. Now, if you're new to the show, you're new, a new hurdler, welcome. I'm happy to have you. But make sure to get some more context, maybe head on over to episode one to hear about my journey, which involved a pretty sizable weight loss in college. And that weight loss, those efforts led me to running. Anyway, New York City Marathon, quick stats, 26.2 miles (laughs) through all five boroughs of New York City. And this go around, I ran the race in three hours, 42 minutes and 53 seconds. That averages out to be an 8.31 average pace. And it is a New York City Marathon course PR for me, not an overall marathon PR. My marathon PR as it stands was my virtual New York last year, which was 323.56. My IRL PR, 328.08 in Chicago, 2019. So today I'm gonna go through what happened, give you the play-by-play as usual with these. I tend to kind of just give it to you straight. These episodes aren't heavily edited because I want you to know what I was going through and where my head was at, going into, during, et cetera. So make sure you're following along with me over on social media. I'm over at Emily Abadi and of course over at Hurdle Podcast. Some really exciting stuff happening here on the feed, not just today, but this week with an episode from Shalene Flanagan 
that went live yesterday, as well as some really exciting big guests in the weeks to come. So I won't keep you waiting anymore with that. Let's get to hurdling. I was thinking about where I wanted to start today's recap, and I think I want to start with the moment that I decided that I was actually going to run New York. So I started training for the London Marathon about 20 weeks ago, and I knew going into the London Marathon that because of what was going on in our world with the COVID pandemic, that I would hopefully get to toe the line, but there could be things out of my control, which prevented me from getting to London and running the marathon that I was so excited about. Knowing that, I decided that I would accept a bib. I was offered a bib from Strava, one of the big sponsors for the New York City Marathon, and I would accept that bib just in case I couldn't get to London. Also knowing that with the races being slated for about a month apart, I would have enough time after London to get my legs back under me. I've run a couple of marathons in a short time span before. And so I knew, or I had a lot of confidence anyway, that it would not be an issue. Fast forward, training's going really well. And After my longest run in the London Marathon buildup, as I spoke about here on the show in depth, I developed an injury. I'll link to that episode where I kind of talk about that in the show notes again if you're new to the feed. My injury, as I talked about that day, is kind of a hip strain, but to be a little bit more specific, what we think it could have been was something like a strange psoas. Now, that's like a very deep muscle and one that I knew would be a a difficult situation to navigate, but also a long time. It would take a long time to heal. And so with about what would have been a month until the London Marathon, I started to see different experts. And because running at that time caused me pain, I made the decision to withdraw from the London Marathon with hopes to still toe the line in New York. Long story short, I travel to Europe. (laughs) I don't run a marathon. I start to get in some distance without pain on, I would say, around October 7th or 8th. I remember before heading out to Europe, On September 28th, it was uh, a Saturday, and I went for a 4.12-mile run and labeled it on Strava, long run. (laughs) I then remember getting to Milan and wanting to shake off like my legs from the plane, and I went out on what I thought would be a similar four-mile loop, but ended up being a five-mile loop and instantly thinking, okay, that was a little too much. I think I pushed it a little too far. I need to reel it back in. Anyway, fast forward. I ultimately get to a place where I can run pain-free and confidently for two quote-unquote long runs before making the decision that, yes, I was going to show up in New York. The first long run was about 14 miles on October 16th. 
And then I did one that was almost 19 miles on October 23rd. So I had some good mileage under my belt that made me feel confident in terms of the injury that I would be in a good place to show up on last Sunday, November 7th. With that said, this is the first ever, you know, training program that has been interrupted for me by a legitimate injury. Uh, I've never had a buildup where I've had to be strategic about choosing activity versus completely sitting out. And I recognized going into this marathon that it could be a little bit different than what I had experienced before. With that said, I was really hopeful. Like, I feel as though what I've learned in running my last two marathons, which completely exceeded my expectations, is that hope is the most beautiful thing that we have, especially when it comes to running, to go out there and be inspired and excited and wowed by your own potential is just such an unbelievable opportunity. And so going into this Sunday, I was so lit by my own fire, by my own potential, by what could be like this arc of coming back from injury, knowing that no matter how I showed up on Sunday, like the arc was going to be the same, right? Could showing up and finding myself a new marathon PR, a sub 323.56 moment in New York City, would like it would have been phenomenal. But I tried to maintain perspective going into it of what I was coming in with. So with that said, let's fast forward straight to New York City Marathon morning. It's Sunday. It's 3.30 in the morning. I am awake because the clocks fell back and my nerves totally have the best of me. And I have my entire plan written down, everything I need to make sure that I do before I leave, everything that should be in my go bag, everything set aside, including my food and my outfit and my throwaway clothes and everything that I could need. My girlfriend picks me up in Uber at 4.55 to head to Bryant Park. Heads up, you do not need to bank in 30 to 40 minutes for a commute to Bryant Park at 5 a.m., but we did. And so at 5.15, we decided to wait before getting on the bus that would take us to Staten Island, just somewhere that would have a little bit more breathing room, i.e. the steps at Bryant Park. We finally got on the bus around 5.45. We headed to Staten Island. And for the next few hours, I was able to hang around with my teammates, shout out Old Man Run Club, and just kind of kick back, try to chill as much as possible and prep for what was on deck. My start time was 10.55, and at 10.55 on the dot, we were off. So going into this race, my goal was to find flow. And I talk about this in my Chicago Marathon recap, and if you didn't listen to that one, I'll link it in the show notes here. But the Chicago Marathon for me in 2019 was the definition of flow. I never felt like I was working too hard. In fact, that pace that I ran that day of 7.57 average overall. That felt miraculous and for the most part, effortless and super comfortable for me. Whereas from the get-go in New York when I started running, my first mile was a 7.55, which felt okay but difficult because we were going up the hill of the Verrazano. I then proceed to run the next six miles, sub eight minutes, one of which was at a 7.15. I am like cruising, but 
comparatively, when I think about how I felt for the first eight miles of this marathon compared to Chicago, they didn't feel effortless. And in fact, I definitely felt like I was working a little bit harder. By mile eight and nine, I am cruising through Williamsburg. Things are starting to already feel a little bit hard. And I get a super massive, beautiful boost of energy running across Bedford. I see Willie Valderrama. He was on the show last week uh, right by McCarran Park, which really makes me just like the most excited because even at this point, I'm starting to dig in to my mental toolbox of you get to do this. At mile seven and eight, like that is just not where I expected to be. And I was thinking about him and his story and how he would have killed to feel how I felt in that moment when he was incapable of walking back in April. I digress. I see Willie. I'm amped. I keep going. I run into a friend of mine right before heading toward the Pulaski Bridge at the halfway point. This is around mile 11 or 12. And I'm running with him. And I say to him, I already feel at mile 12 like I've run 20 miles. Like that's how my legs felt. My quads felt heavy. And I just kept going along. And here is certainly where my pace starts to slow down from sub eights to around for the next five or six miles, ranging between like 8, 15, and 9 minutes. A little bit all over the place in there, but mostly around 8.30, just giving some context. I get over the Queensboro, and I just keep thinking, like, you've got to hold this together because this is where you're about to see all of these people that are so, so amped for you. Like, both of my parents on the Upper East Side, uh, my entire run club has a cheer section up there. Eventually, I knew I was going to get to see friends up in Harlem and then on Fifth Avenue. And so I was about to be surrounded by so many people that I love, and I just wanted to continue to do good for them, if that makes sense. But I am slugging up First Avenue and it is like in me. And every person I see, they give me like that necessary boost of energy to keep going until I get to the next person. And the cheers are coming from everywhere. There are so many people that both I know along the course and that I don't actually know. Many of you may even be listening to this podcast that were just yelling my name. And every single person that yelled my name, I would just point at that and point at them. I'm at this point. Okay, so we're at 16, 17, 18. Back at mile 12, 13, when I was with my friend, I said to him, my name for this marathon is like on my bib in a very small way. Like I did not put it across my chest like I've done in marathons past. And I said to him, I was like, I don't think this many people know who I am. My ego is not that big. And I keep hearing Emily, Emily, like cheering for me. And it's blowing my mind because again, like, they must have really good eyesight, I'm thinking to myself. I asked my friend, is there another Emily anywhere around me that you see? Because like I feel like I've, there's got to be someone with my name on their shirt. He doesn't see them. It's not until mile 21 when I'm circling Marcus Garvey Park that I realize the woman that's running in front of me, the back of her shirt says, it's my birthday. Her name is Emily. And Emily had probably been running with me. I'm not even exaggerating for the better part of like a half marathon at that point. And I I run up behind her and I tap her on the back, 
back and I give her a, a fist bump and I say, "M, I was like, happy birthday. And by the way, thank you for running with me this whole time without knowing it. You are seriously <laughs> the thing that has helped me push forward when my legs just feel like awful. And she looks at me and she looks like a little like thrown off that I came up to her, which is like understandable. We're running a marathon. And she says, can I tell you something funny? And I'm like, sure, what's up? And she's like, so I know who you are, actually, because I listen to your podcast on so many of my long runs. <laughs> I I can't, I can't even believe that she said that to me. I literally lost my shit. And it was just so funny because I... I needed her for those 12 miles, just like maybe at times when she was training for this race, like she needed me. Taking a break from today's recap to give some love to two sponsors that I would have been absolutely lost in this training cycle without. First up, Hyperice, the maker of recovery and performance tech that's important and in my eyes, absolutely necessary. Now, there are so many great products to love from the Hyperize portfolio, but my biggest love <laughs> over the last 20 weeks, my Normatec 2.0 boots. Now, there is nothing better. I mean it, absolutely nothing better than snuggling up in them on the couch after a good run. They are my on-call personal masseuse that's here to help me in my post-workout recovery to navigate sore muscles and reduce pain. I snuggle up with mine on the couch with a good movie, a great meal, and I'm good to go for at least an hour. Something else in my toolbox, my Hypervolt 2.0. Let me tell you, I used it this morning on these post-marathon legs and oh man, it was everything I needed. I know that using this percussive massage device, it has five different attachment heads, one for every nook and cranny. It's the perfect way to accelerate my pre-run warmups and right now give my muscles a little TLC right when they need it. Again, I cannot imagine my training without the suite of hyper products. Do what you love more and discover a collection of Hyperize products at hyperice.com and use the exclusive discount code HURDLE10 for 10% off your purchase of Hyperize tech, including Normatech and Hypervolt. Again, head on over to hyperice.com. Use the code HURDLE10 for 10% off your purchase today. Note, this excludes Hyperize X and Core. Also want to give some love to another go-to in my training, and that is Element. Element makes a delicious electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't, which means a lot of salt and no sugar. It's formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and has a science-backed electrolyte ratio of 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. It's made with none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no fillers, no BS. I was drinking at least one of these a day leading up to the marathon. It was the first thing I drank on marathon morning, and I absolutely love the taste of it. I am a huge, huge fan of their watermelon salt flavor. They have a bunch of different ones, though, based on whatever it is that you like. And the best part is their exclusive offer for Hurdle listeners will empower you to try 
a bunch of them. Head on over to drinkelement.com. That's drinklmnt.com slash hurdle and get a free element sample pack. All you gotta do is pay $5 for shipping. Again, that is drinkelement.com, drinklmnt.com slash hurdle and get a free element sample pack today. And so that was just such a really serendipitous and God-given moment I felt. Uh, and so we continued on up Fifth Avenue. I go to run by the Nike cheer station at 21, which gives me this really beautiful boost of energy. And then it is onward for the last five miles. Uh, they were really hard. They were really, really hard. And it's been, I don't know how to say this. I definitely hit the wall in this marathon, but it felt differently than maybe when I'd hit the wall before. I think when I've hit the wall before, I just felt totally exhausted. But this time, like, I just felt super depleted in my quads. And I looked at videos of me running where I felt like I was barely moving. And I looked better than I felt, but I just felt like an absolute snail. And so I'm heading up the Fifth Avenue Hill. I see so many great people in these moments. I see Just Sims and the entire Peloton crew. Then one of my dear, dear friends, Kara, and her husband, like, run up on both sides of me and, like, run with me for a block. And that made me super emotional. Then I ran by my mom. Then I turn into the park and I see my friends from Brooklyn Track Club. And, like, it was just, like, bam, 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 bam. Really overwhelming because, again, at this point, like, I'm just not feeling my best. And I'm seeing all of these people and, like, the strong Emily just wants to stay really strong and wants to look really good. But on the inside is just completely continuously going back to you get to do this, you get to do this, you get to do this one step at a time, one step at a time. And even when I felt like I was crawling, I was in this mental place where I thought at some points, like maybe I should just try to speed walk a little bit in this moment. And I would try to slow down to a speed walk, but like it didn't happen. Like my body wasn't letting me just stop running, if that makes any sense. Anyway, Long at the, the end of the story, really, is that I make my way to the finish. I see my family uh, turning in to Central Park so- South right after I turn out of the park. I make my way across Central Park South. I feel like Central Park South crowd is kind of letting me down. I look to them and I like raise my arm for some more noise, <laughs> a video which someone sends me on Instagram. And I get to the finish and I do it. And, you know, right before the finish, I thought that I was still going to be able to finish in uh, like a 3.30 something time. I ended up finishing, like I said, at the top of this episode, 3.42.53, 8.31 pace overall. And that's kind of like, I guess, the play-by-play of the race. So now you're probably wondering how I feel about it. I feel so fucking proud of myself. I'm going to mark this episode as explicit because I feel like I'm about to start swearing a lot. I'm so proud of myself because, like I said, my legs just started not to feel good at 10 or 11. And I was chasing happiness. And I knew in that moment that if I didn't shift my attitude and get some perspective on what I was doing, then if this is going on at mile 10, how was I going to stay in the game for another 16 miles, two hours? There was just absolutely no way. So I went to those two mantras, the 
I get to do this and one step at a time. And it's just so applicable to life because there is so much hard shit that we all deal with on a regular basis. And sometimes when you look at that bigger picture, just it's so overwhelming that we don't even know where to start. And I didn't want to continue on 10, 10.5, 11, 11.5, thinking about how intimidated I was to get through the next 16 miles. I knew that I needed to break it up into small little doables. And so I found my gratitude and I just kept moving. I felt like finding Nemo. And in these miles, I tried to focus as much as I could as being really present and like soaking up what was happening around me. This is the first marathon I have ever run without music. Do I wonder, like scientifically speaking, if that had an impact on what happened out there? Maybe. But I think that the cheers probably had the same effect on me when it comes to getting that hype up from a playlist versus hearing so many people I didn't even know cheering for me or, like I said, maybe cheering for that other Emily. But so many hurdlers on the course, such a great energy. And I was so appreciative for all of these people for showing up that if you yelled my name, like I wanted to hear it because I wanted to acknowledge you. I wrote about this a little bit on Instagram, but the training for a marathon, like I said, I started training for my first marathon of the year about 20 weeks ago. This injury popped up. I've been doing this for a long time. That's just the physical part of things. The mental training for a marathon is something that happens all of the time, whether you are in season or out of season. This is work that I have been putting in for a really, really long time. And If you were to ask me if I would have been able to handle this not as expected or hoped situation the way that I navigated it on Sunday, three, four, five years ago, I don't really know. I don't really know if I could have because it was sitting and doing the work over these last few years on learning how to accept things how they are and let go of the things that I can't control and understand that all I can do is the best I can with what I have instead of being angry about my circumstance. Implementing all of these lessons into my day-to-day on the regular is what empowered me to get through the New York City Marathon on Sunday. Hard stop, period wasting my energy in these miles on the things that I could not change was not going to serve me. And if there is one thing you take from this recap, I hope that it is that you too can harness your own power to go after what you want. And sometimes the outcome may not be as you envisioned, but no matter what the journey is, you have the opportunity to learn from it. Now I say this recognizing that It doesn't, this doesn't mean that I hadn't hoped for a different outcome on Sunday. But realistically, with what I went through over the last 20 weeks, I am so damn grateful. I'm so damn grateful that I was able to run this marathon. I am so damn grateful for this place that I live in, for the people that are here, for my running community, for the community of podcast listeners that lifted me up literally through every single borough from the moment that I was taking photos with hurdlers on Staten Island to seeing you all cheering in Central Park in mile 25. Like, of course, I've sat here and wondered what 
I could have done differently or what quote unquote went wrong. But in the grand scheme of things, focusing on those things isn't going to serve me. I think that reflection is important. I would be remiss if I didn't admit that I certainly have taken a closer look at some of the whoop data that I had in the days leading up to the marathon to try to learn a little bit about my body. And I'm also going to be doing an inside tracker test to see if something's going on with my blood work as well. I think all these insights are going to be helpful for me in my life. But at the end of the day, I went out there on Sunday and I had a hell of a time and I put down a New York City Marathon course record for me, which is something I'm really proud of. And on my way that day, there were just so many things I thought about to find that gratitude, right? I kept coming back to the people that would kill for my worst day and a former version of myself that would have killed for this day, right? I thought when Shalene and I were talking, I thought a lot about this. She was mentioning how so many girls, they drop out of sport at a higher rate than young boys do. And because of the system that was in place at my high school, I didn't make my JV volleyball team because I couldn't run a mile in under 10 minutes. Tell me why that is like the most applicable thing for playing volleyball. They completely dissuaded me from showing up and participating. And after that, I gained a ton of weight and I lost a lot of self-confidence. And that Emily back then would have given her right leg if you were to tell her that she would have the opportunity and the endurance and the ability to go out there and run the New York City Marathon at all, nevertheless, at an 8.30 overall pace. I continued on my way last Sunday for her and for all of the people that are made to feel like they just aren't good enough. Whew. I fucking love running. I love running because it's just a reminder of all of the things that we are capable of. And there are going to be days that don't go as planned. And for me, maybe that was last Sunday. But the reality of it all is that I'm a firm believer we learn more in these hurdles and these difficult moments than maybe we learn on our best days. And all of these experiences, a culmination of them are what make me who I am, a more empathetic and better person so that I can keep choosing to show up every day with gratitude and optimism to go after whatever the next big thing that I want really is. I will always look back when I stare at my Tracksmith Marathon poster and look at that time and think about this race, I will think about how proud I am for how far I have come mentally and how great it is that I get to do this. I don't know necessarily what's next. I mean, in terms of racing, I am definitely looking forward to taking on a fair amount of strength training, especially as it gets a little chillier out. I feel like this is the time of year that really accommodates that. I have a hunch that 2022 is the year I may do some sort of an ultra. And in the meantime, I'm just looking forward to being able to stand up without needing to use my arms and continuing to interact with all of you. Again, like, the biggest freaking thank you I can give to you if you were out there on Sunday or if you were just in my DMs or your friends or my family and you're actually texting me and calling me like I feel so supported by this community and I always talk about this with with friends that uh, can relate but you know I'm not married and I'm I'm not engaged I don't have a boyfriend I don't have a baby and 
it might sound silly, but like these moments for me, these marathons, like these are the things that I'm excited about right now, along with obviously my work and my job. And so when these moments happen and they're few and far between, but like they're a big deal to me. And to have people in my life that understand that and support me and show up for me, it's it, it it's so it's so special. It's truly so special. And it just makes me feel the luckiest. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social media at Hurdle Podcast. I'm over at Emily Abadi. And hey, I ask this all the time, but if you have yet to do so, just take a few seconds to rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It it makes a really big difference. It means the world to me. And it helps the show get, you know, the recognition and the visibility that I truly believe it deserves. Uh, the last takeaway, I guess, from this marathon really is that, you know, how unbelievably blessed I feel to have the opportunity to help so many of you go after the things that you want. And so thank you for letting me into your life, for empowering me to continue to have these important conversations and go after my big goals. Because as much as you tell me that I inspire you, you inspire me to be the best me possible. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. 